Hey everybody, it's David. Welcome to the Believer Center Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our free Believer Center app where you can access all our recent message content. It's the easiest way for you to share all of this content with a friend and keep up with everything going on around here at Believer Center. But most importantly, we hope this week's message helps you as we follow Jesus together. Enjoy. We're continuing on in a series that Pastor David started uh, two weeks ago, I believe, uh, about how to renew your mind. And for some of us, this is a topic that we've heard many times. For some of us, it might be the first time. And for most of us, we have forgotten most of what we heard. And so uh, us included, that teach it. We have to keep saying it and doing it. It's what we hear and we put into practice that we retain and that begins to change us. And so I think it's so important, those verses of scripture that we read, today we're talking about, um, I'm supposed to be talking about how to meditate the word, but really I'm going to talk more about why. Because I think for most of us, if we understand the why, then we are more interested in the how. But you have to know why. Why does this even matter? Why do my thoughts even matter? Don't they just come and go and they're here and they're gone? And No, no, your thoughts, my thoughts, they are shaping our lives. They're determining our future. And so what, what we meditate on and why matters. It matters for now. And so I, I want us to, to recover what we might have forgotten and God will give us even more. Amen. Jesus said he is letting us in with all the things he taught. Jesus is letting us in on how life works as God intended it. God intended life to work. He intended life to work. And there's something deep within every one of us that knows that. Even if we don't know God, we know that life should work better than this. Agreed? How many times have you thought within yourself, this just isn't right? This isn't right. And maybe it was something about you. Maybe it was something about someone else. But there's something within humanity that God deposited within us that is still there. That knows that life is supposed to be better than this. And that's not just about stuff. That's about our whole being and how we live. And Jesus said... He said, I've come, I came to earth to give you full, abundant life as God has it, life as God intended it, life, real life, real life. That's why Jesus came. I came to give it to you, to impart it to you, and to help you, assist you, live it, live life to its fullest, not just little bits and pieces of life on good days, 
but real life. He's not talking about perfect life. He's not talking about no problems life. He's not talking about you always getting your way life. No, he's talking about life as God intended it. And in John 10, 10, that's where he said that. He said, the thief cometh not. The thief comes for one reason and one reason only, and it is to steal, to kill, and destroy. And you, and when I read that, I'm like, well, aren't those the same things? No, they're methods. They're the ways that he comes. When he says he comes to steal from you, he says he's coming to, it, the word is klepto. He's taking a little bit away from you at a time. He's stealing a little bit of life out of your life a little bit at a time like a kleptomaniac and hoping you won't notice it. He comes to steal from you. He comes to kill. It means to slaughter. He's coming to slaughter, take you and make you a sacrifice to his purpose. But God has a purpose for your life that is greater than the enemy's purpose. And he came to destroy. He comes to put you out of the way, to push you off and ruin and render you useless. And even if he can't do it, he is forever. The enemy is forever ever lying to you and me and telling us that we're useless. You're not enough. It's a lie. But when you hear anything long enough, you start to believe it even if it's a lie. It's truth to you. I'm worthless. I'm useless. I'll never amount to anything. That is the language of the enemy, brothers and sisters. And there is a language of God that is spoken to us and it gives us life. Don't you want that life? God wants you and I to live in that life even more than we want it. So there's no reason for us not to partake of it. Right here, right now. Amen? So two weeks ago, Pastor David started us off. And he started us off with this verse of scripture. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It says, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole, meaning complete, entire, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking to us in these verses of scripture, and Pastor David taught a magnificent message on this. Even if you heard it, go back and listen to it again, and listen again, and listen again. Pastor Marshall has taught on this topic for 40 years, and David uh, said this to us when he taught it. Marshall and I both have said that this Coming to an understanding of this truth that you and I created in the image of God are three part beings. We are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. And when you, when we came to this understanding, it opened up a whole new world of walking with God. 
And Marshall and I both have said this many, many times, that coming to this understanding revolutionized our walk with God. It revolutionized the way we live out what we say we believe. This truth along with the truth of who we are in Christ are foundational truths that you never leave. God just builds upon it more and more and more. And so today, I'm not going to re-preach David's message. I just want to, because he said this, he said, our understanding of spirit, soul, and body, what do you want me to do? Okay. I love technology. It's a two-edged sword, a blessing and a curse at the same time. He said to us that understanding spirit, soul, and body is essential to us knowing how to renew our minds. And I know you all remember that he said that. Um, So I have asked some helpers to help me to illustrate this for you this morning. And so I want Pastor Marshall, Pastor Jordan and and Pastor David to come to the platform and I have assignments for them. And I'm borrowing this illustration from Pastor Marshall. He's used it for years and it's so effective. I think you might need to go up. Okay, so in this illustration, Pastor Marshall is going to represent our spirit. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. And Jordan is going to represent our soul and David, of course, the body. It's perfect, don't you think? Let's have some fun with it and get some understanding about what God says about us. The spirit... The spirit part of us, that the word is pneuma, and it is this part of us that Genesis chapter 1 says, God breathed into man and he became a living soul. He breathed the breath of God into our spirit. And that's where our life comes from. When your spirit and my spirit leaves our body, we're dead. We're dead. We didn't cease to exist. We just can't operate here anymore. We have to have the spirit alive in us to function as God intended. And then our soul is the word psyche or suke. It's the word that uh, we get the word psychology from. But in the, in the scripture, it represents our minds, our emotion, and our will. It's how we think, it's what we feel, and it's how we make decisions. And then our body is, remember, this is three parts made in the image and likeness of God. And the body is our earth suit or our vehicle. Again, when our, when our body dies, It can't function anymore. The spirit and the soul leave this earth and the body just goes back to the dirt that it was made from. Dust to dust. I don't want to talk about that. Well, you don't have to talk about it, but it's going to happen to all of us. And so, but this body is... um, is the carrier of our five physical senses. So from his body, he sees, he tastes, he smells, he feels, and he hears. 
right? You got it? And you all have this. We all have this. We all look different on the outside. But, but this is how God made us. And it began at creation. And it, it, he tells us this, that at creation, get this picture. You can go back and read it. Genesis 1, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. That in Genesis, the spirit took the lead. That's how God, can you guys just kind of back up to each other and keep this? Come on, I get to, I get to move you guys around. So, so rotate this way. So spirits in the front at creation spirit was in the lead. And we know this because the scripture tells us that Adam and Eve walked and talked in the garden with God. They could hear the voice of God. And they could walk with God and they could understand what God was teaching them and training them. It was a harmonious whole. They were whole. That's what 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Paul said, I am praying that your whole entire being, your spirit, your soul, and your body get preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord. Family, God wants us to live whole lives now. Whole in our spirit, whole in our soul, and whole in our body. It's not perfect. It doesn't mean no problems. This is not heaven. We get this confused. This is not heaven. Earth. This is earth. With problems, with difficulties, with pain, with sorrow, with all those things. And even in the middle of earth, God said, told Paul to pray that we would live whole lives like he created us to live. But here's the problem. Adam and Eve got, Eve got something in her soul. The the serpent lied to her and said, God's holding out on you. Same thing he's telling you today. God's holding out on you. You're not enough. You need to eat that piece of fruit. They could eat every tree from every tree in the garden, but one. We still don't like prohibitions. We still don't like no's. We still don't like any of that. But she got this into this conversation with a person or a creature she should have never had a conversation with. And he started lying and he's been lying every day since. And he is still lying to your soul today, daily. And then she said, we're going to eat. And so her hand reached out and took that apple and ate it. Thank you, Pastor David. (laughs) Aren't they wonderful? And you know what happened? God had told them what would happen. If you eat that, you're going to die. Well, their body lived and their soul was alive, but guess what happened? Their spirit was separated from God. Could you just take two steps that way? Their spirit got separated from God. The spirit didn't cease to exist, but the spirit got separated from God. And when that happened, soul stepped over here and got in the lead. 
And then body became mortal and all those five physical senses that God created to enjoy life with, they begin to make demands. And so now soul is leading, body is whispering, and, they, and these two are warring all the time. Body, body says, I want steak. No, you can't have steak. No, I'm having steak. Body says, I can't endure this pain anymore. Give me something to numb the pain. I need alcohol. I need drugs. I need porn. I need food. I need sex. I need shopping. I need more. And the body is perpetually making demands more, more, more. And the soul is going, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so afraid. I'm so worried. I don't know what's going to happen. Life is horrible and I'm not enough. And oh my, you're right. Let's take drugs. Let's have sex with everybody. We got to do something to stop this pain. I don't feel whole. I feel broken. And that is the condition that Ephesians chapter 4 and chapter 2 tells us that we all, the whole human race is living in this condition without the spirit of the living God alive on the inside of us. And then Jesus comes and we say, yes, yes to Jesus. Hallelujah. And Jesus, when we say yes to him, the scripture says he quickens, he makes alive our spirit. And now we are reconciled to God. And he says, you, you can no longer live by the dictates of your five physical senses. You can no longer live led around by what your body demands. And you cannot live any longer. Everybody lives this way. This is the, they don't think they are. We didn't think we were, but we were. You can no longer live by the futility and the vanity and the perverseness of your thoughts. And so your soul has to learn how to come behind spirit and your body has to get in agreement. And when your spirit can help your soul to renew the way, the patterns of thinking and feeling and deciding get help from the spirit through the word of the living God. And then the soul begins to talk to body about what it's feeling and what it wants and what it's demanding. When that begins to happen, we come back into the place of harmonious wholeness. Got it? Thank you guys very much. Spirit, soul, and body. So the question is, you can keep those. Um, I think Pastor Marshall may be talking more about this on Tuesday. Uh, If you'll ask the right questions, he will talk about this. I'm telling you, this will revolutionize your life. When you get it and you walk in it and and God just expands it more and more for you. He wants you whole. 
It's God's will that you live in wholeness. Please understand that. Please understand that. There's crazy teaching out there. There's crazy teaching in the church about what God wants. No, go back to the word of God and find out what God said he wants for you. And if it's hard for you, then just read the gospels and see what Jesus did. Because Jesus expressed the fullness of who God is. All right? So imagine this. Imagine they're still there. You're a three-part being, but the reality is that most of us, we're still just living every day from two-thirds of our whole. We barely ever, ever consult spirit. When things get really bad, we're like, oh my God, I don't see any way out here. We better pray. Call a bunch of people. And get a bunch of people to pray. Well, you've been digging this hole for yourself for 25 years. And now it's fallen in on you. And all of a sudden, you have the bright idea that since you can't think of another thing to do, we'll pray. Okay, do it. God will help you. But he's saying to all of us, there is a better way. And the better way is to put your spirit back in the lead of your life. He said, those that are called of God, that are born of God, be led by the Spirit. Who's leading you? Who's leading your life? Who? That's a question we all have to ask every morning. Who is leading my life today? For the last year, we've all been led by the media. And we're in a mess. We're in a big, deep hole of a mess here. And and they don't know how to get us out. They just keep digging deeper. We're going to have to come back to a place where we call on God from our spirit. And he begins to release to you. And I am what happens is think about this. God, the Father, Jesus, the Savior, Holy Spirit, the Helper, are brilliant. They are the most intelligent beings. And so we need the way they speak and interact with us is through our spirit. So we need to calm our minds down, get our souls back behind our spirit and body back behind our spirit so that we can hear the things that the most intelligent beings are giving to us in the ways of solution and life. You can't hear it when your mind is just flipping out on you. You can't hear it when your body is making these outrageous demands for more of everything. There is something that you need to know about the flesh. The flesh is the combination of the our soul and our spirit not regenerated by God, that the flesh is never satisfied. No matter how much more of anything you give it, it will never be enough. And the lie it's telling you is that you're not enough. No, no, you're enough. You're created in the image and likeness of God. And your contact with God makes you more than enough. What's not enough is them. 
the spirit and the soul, they're lying to you. No matter how much you give it of whatever it's craving, it will always need more. It's never satisfied. We were created, designed by God to live this way as three-part beings in whole our spirit, our soul, our body whole in God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says this to us. Again, these might be verses that are familiar to you or verses you've never heard, but, but get them into your heart, mind, soul, body, strength. The words that God speaks to us, they are spirit and they are life. This is not just information. Like you're getting off your phone, off the internet, from the media. What God speaks is not like that. We can't treat it that way. Family, we can't treat the words of God as common. We can't treat the words of God like, well, I don't know if I believe that or not. <sighs> well, I'm not, I'm not too sure about that. Well, that's fine, but you can get sure. Uh, you, we, we can't, we're, we're not going to live whole. If we treat the word of God as common, if we treat God like it's just another opinion that we weigh and balance with basically whether or not it agrees with what I already think, believe and decide. No, it's for him to change us. He changes us. He changes what we think. He changes what we believe. He changes us at our very core. And that's how we come to wholeness. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, Paul. I, I'm begging you. Can you hear this in his voice? I'm begging you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Get your body Quit giving your body everything that it demands. Put your body in the place that it was created to function the best in. Your body was created to function best animated by the Spirit of God. Life comes to your body from the words of the living God. Right? So put your body where it belongs and don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Listen, the will of God can only be known and displayed through you and through me through a renewed mind. I care about the will of God. Don't you care about the will of God? I want to be in the will of God. I want to do the will of God. I want to walk in the will of God. And it can only happen through my, my mind being renewed, which will transform who I am from the inside out. Every day we are either being conformed or we being transformed. And the thing about being conformed to this world, which he says don't do, is that it requires absolutely no effort at all. You just walk around in your eating, drinking, sleeping, going to work, body, and life, thinking whatever they tell you to think, feeling whatever you feel at the moment, and making decisions by whatever you think will make you happy for five seconds. You don't have to make any effort at all. 
to be conformed to this world. But when we do that, we, our whole selves is misshaped. They reshape you. They want to reshape me. They want to reshape my grandchildren. They want to reshape my children. They want to tell them who they are. They want to tell them what they can do. No, no, you don't have that right. I belong to God. I was bought with a price, the price of Jesus' blood. I am not my own, and I will not just be led around by my feelings, my thoughts, my desires, my body, my hungers, my impulses. I will not live that way. That's how I lived before, and it is death. So I will live. I can live. I want to live the way that God designed me to live. And I want to live in wholeness. And I want you to live that way also. So don't be conformed. Don't let them squeeze you, reshape you, remold you. No, be transformed from the inside out. And guess what? Effort is required. It is. Well, I thought, I thought with grace, you don't have to do anything. Well, you thought wrong. Grace is the power you and I need to do something different. Grace is the power that you and I must have to be transformed in our thinking. How we think, what we think. Dear Lord Jesus, help us. We need to be transformed in how we think about God. We think crazy stuff about God. Well, how are we going to think the right stuff? We're going to go back and we're going to immerse ourselves in the words of the living God that he inspired men to write about who he is. That's how transformation comes. That's it. But effort absolutely is required. It, it he will, he will reshape things that are out of shape, things that are, have been misinformed and malformed in our thinking, in our feeling, in our deciding, in our impulses, in our senses. He will reshape that into the whole person that he designed us to be. And so how do I do that? Start by presenting your body and then get on this track with God of renewing your mind by meditating on what God says about himself, about the world, about how things work. The, the Vines a Dictionary says this, that the word renew means um, to adjust the adjustment of the moral and spiritual vision and thinking to the mind of God. Prepare to make adjustments. Prepare. Prepare your soul. Prepare your body. You're in for some adjustments. We're going to start to think the way that God thinks. We are going to start to say about ourselves what God says about us. We are not saying what other people say about us. We are not saying our worst fears. We are saying what God says about us. And transformation begins to go to work. Last year, about mid-December, it was a Monday. We were here at the office. We got a phone call. 
Marshall got it. We were in a meeting. He stepped out, and he got a phone call about a dear, very dear friend of ours who's a pastor in another state. We've been friends with him for decades, served with him in various capacities. This man um, has pioneered two churches in two different states. And we, the phone call that Marshall got was that he had taken a bad fall. He was at home. He was in his bathroom, and he passed out. It was in the, it was in the height of COVID restrictions. And they said the ambulance has been called, and they're transporting him to the hospital. He was unconscious. We don't know his condition. No one can go with him, and no one can go in to see about him. Please pray. And so... Little by little, we would get text messages, and he would get phone calls that would update us with specific prayer targets. And day after day, for eight days, he was in and out of consciousness in the hospital. And, and once a day, his wife would get a phone call from the, one of the attending physicians. And, and the first day it was, he has a very bad concussion. He's positive for COVID. We think that's why he passed out. His oxygen levels are very, very low. His lungs are struggling. It, it, the next day it was, we think he had a heart attack. The following day it was, he's had a mild stroke and it has affected one side of his body, his vision and all kinds of things. And I mean, day after day after day, the reports got worse and worse and worse. Every specialist that came in had another terrible diagnosis. They really were not sure that he was going to survive it. And so on, the, on day eight, his wife was able to get hold of the chaplain at the hospital, and she said, please, none of us can go in. Will you please go in and pray for my husband? And t- if he is conscious, talk the word of God to him. And he did. And when he got there, this friend of ours was in and out. But this chaplain prayed, and he began to speak the word of God, just read scripture to him. And as he did that, our friend began to come back to life. And they had a conversation uh, about the word. And do you know that from that day, the reports started to reverse. No, we don't think he had a heart attack. There's no positive COVID. His oxygen levels are coming up. He still has some residual effects in his vision, they said, uh, from the stroke. But but we think it would be okay for a family member to come in now. And so things begin to turn around. And he began to recover. And he recovered well. And so a couple of months later, Marshall and I were with him and he began to tell us, he began to relate to us and some other people uh, about what had happened to him uh, when he was in and out of consciousness. And it, it was a very long and detailed story. And I just want to share this one part because I believe it relates to what we're talking about, about our spirit. He said, from the beginning, He was unconscious. He barely remembers going into the ambulance. He remembers them taking him out of the ambulance, and he was outside for just a moment, and he could look up, and he said, I know this wasn't really there, but it seemed to me, it was this real, that there was a billboard up high on the side of the building next to us, and this verse of Scripture, Romans 8, 26, was on that billboard, and it said, the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead will dwells in you, and he and that spirit will quicken your mortal body. And Craig said, I agree. 
and he went unconscious again. Several times over the, the next few days, he would look out his hospital room window, and he would see that billboard. It wasn't a real billboard, but he saw it in his spirit. It was very obvious that what Proverbs said, that the strong spirit of a man will sustain him in days of bodily weakness, were absolutely working in his body. They absolutely worked. He, st- he did tell us this, and, I, and this impacted me so much. I want to share it with you. He said at one point he knew he was in and out of consciousness, so he, he wasn't always aware, but his spirit was always alert, alive. He's meditated the word for years and years and years. God delivered him from drugs as a teenager. He was selling them and taking them, and he, de- he was delivered, and he gave his life to God, and he has meditated on the word of God to renew his mind for decades. And he said at one point... I was in a monochrome room, and I knew I was in the presence of deity, and I was trying to ask a question. And because I knew that I was in the presence of deity, I was trying to formulate this question to sound intelligent and eloquent. (laughs) And he, if you knew him, he has a great sense of humor. He's like, that was stupid. That was never going to happen. But he said, before I could form the question and ask it, they said to me, he said, my question was this, what did I do wrong? And they said, we don't speak that language here. We don't speak that language here. There's no shame. There's no blame. There's just life and life more abundantly. He said there is so much life emanating from the presence of God that if we ever get the reality of it, we will not be content to live in these spaces of darkness and despair because God has so much life. It comes to us. It comes to us through his word, family. His words, they are spirit and they are life. If in the realm of the spirit, to your spirit, coming out of your spirit, if they speak life and light, and it, it's a river in you of God's life, then why would we settle for just talking about what we see here with our five natural senses? And why would we just agree with darkness? Who have you and I made agreements with in our thinking, in our speaking, in our living? We need to change those agreements, and that's what happens when we begin to renew our minds. You and I, we are the thinker of our own thoughts. We often feel, and again, this is another part of the lie that we're sold, that there's so much that happens to us that you can do nothing about. That's true. That's true. I was driving down tramway one day. There was all kinds of construction. There was a young girl behind me, and we all had to come to a stop, and she didn't. I had no control. I tried everything. I could see her coming at me in the rearview mirror. 
I didn't have control. I didn't, I didn't have Superman powers to go, stop. No, I, I got as close as I could to the car in front of me and off to the side as far as I could go without getting in the ditch. And so she didn't hit me straight on. She just hit me and sent me to the ditch. But I wasn't hurt. The car was. My husband wasn't happy. Don't you hate? Man, I hate it. I hated it when I was still living at home. Dad, the car won't start. Now it's the husband. Honey, the good news is I'm okay. The bad news is the car, right? It doesn't stop all that. But it keeps you walking. You can't control all that, but you can control what you think about it. Pastor David talked to us about this last week. The good news, bad news. He said, think about this with Joshua, almost closing here. All the way back in the Old Testament, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, it says, this is the scripture, that God says to Joshua, you shall meditate on the word of God day and night. And if you do, then you will make your way to success and moving forward. It says, make your way prosperous. But you have to think on it day and night. Joshua is no different than you and me. He had backgrounds. He had decades of experience. He's almost 80 by this time. He was born into slavery. He, he worked hard as a slave in Egypt. He knew the promises of God about deliverance from the time he was a little boy. He saw all the plagues that happened in Egypt. He, saw, he was part of the group that crossed through the Red Sea on dry ground and then turned around and watched the Egyptian army drown in those same waters. He walked into the wilderness. He had, he saw God send water to drink out of a rock. He ate the manna that dropped from heaven every day for 40 years. And he and Caleb were the two spies that got sent into the promised land by Moses. They were, he was one of the two that came back and said, it's awesome. Let's go get it. God gave this to us, and he was overruled by ten fearful, whining people that said, Oh, no, we're grasshoppers. We can't have it. It'll be too hard. And so he lives there another 40 years with whining, griping, murmuring, complaining. We should have stayed in Egypt, people. And he had to keep his thinking right. He had to meditate on the word. He went to funeral after funeral after funeral after funeral thinking, hurry up and die, would you? So we can go in. And then after all of that, Moses, the leader, dies. Joshua gets named the leader. Those people are like, well, you're not leading us. Who do you think you are? And God says, Joshua, you cannot remember. You cannot ruminate on all that happened to you in the past. You have got to meditate on the words that I said to you. 
And God is saying the same thing to me. And he's saying the same thing to you. Ruminating is a psychological term that, that means that we just think the same things. We, we do the same thoughts. Oh, do you have that in your brain? Because I have it in mine. It's like a hamster on a wheel. Voot, 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 voot. Day after day after day after day. Joshua had to stop that hamster from running on that wheel in his brain and replace it with the words of the living God. So do I, and so do you, and it is work. You have to be engaged and intentional about doing this. When you ruminate, psychologists say this, that it's bad for your mental health because what happens is your, and now brain scientists know what God knew all along. When you and I ruminate on a thought, we can't, we just can't shut our minds off and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Then we are literally in our minds. We are digging a rut that our minds just run over and over and over to. The mind is easily trainable. It's it's plastic. It's moldable. And when you and I dig a, tr- a rut with our thoughts, our brains just go to that over and over. And what happens? We dig it deeper and deeper and deeper, and it gets darker and darker and more hopeless and no way out. No wonder God said, I don't want you worried. I don't want you afraid. I want you to think the thoughts that I'm thinking about you. I have thoughts about you. They are for good and not for evil. They are for a future that is good. I want you to hope in me. I want you to believe that you shall see the goodness of the Lord. He isn't just trying to make you a sweet Christian. He is trying to help us. To not dig a rut in our brains that we cannot find our way out of. And so when, you know what happens? When you stop thinking in that rut and you open up the scripture and you start reading and you may have to do it out loud. You may have to do it minute by minute, hour by hour. You may have to write your cards on index cards. I've done all of this and more. My brain does not retain it if I read it off a screen. Yours might. David's does. Mine does not. I need paper and pencil or pen. Figure out what works for you, but put the work in. Why? Because meditating the word is what moves, renews your mind and moves your life forward to the wholeness that God has for you. And he has it for you. He wants it for you. And he's made a way for you and I to have it. You say, but it's hard. It is. It's hard, but you can do hard. You're built to do hard. You're a spirit, a soul, and a body. And even when your little soul doesn't want to do it, you can. Your spirit can tell your soul what we're doing today. Today, we are thinking the word of God. I know you wanted to be sad and depressed today, but we're not. We're not doing that today. We're doing something different today. So just follow me. 
and lead it. Lead your soul. Your body's like, "Mm -mm, no, I'm laying on the couch and I'm going to have my phone in one hand and the remote in the other and this is what we're going to, nope, nope, that's not what we're doing today. Nope, get up, get up, blow that dust off your Bible, Uh, go out to the car and get it off the floorboard in the back seat, wherever, wherever it is, you get it because this is what we're doing today. Spirit's leading today. And this is, this is on the menu for today and tomorrow and the next day. And I'm not at all demeaning what you think or what you feel. I'm not at all demeaning, and God is not demeaning your problems. But you and I both have lived long enough to know this, that me just thinking about my problem over and over and over and over, and me just talking to you about my problem and what I feel and how bad today was, if I just do that over and over and over and over, all I do is dig myself deeper and deeper and deeper into my problem. I don't want to live in the problem. I want out of the problem. I want to overcome the problem. And so do you. And so he said to us this, that the reason this is hard, and and this is where we'll go next week. We have a special guest talking to you next week, and they will lead you in more of the how to do this next week. Because in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it tells us that, we walk in flesh. We live life in a body with a soul. We do. But we don't war. We're at war. That's not news to any of you. You feel like you're in a war every day, and you are. You're, there is a war going on in your mind. You feel it. I feel it. That's not the news. The news is that we don't fight that war with the weapons from our soul or our body. It says that we have to bring every thought of ours. We have to take it a prisoner of war. Those wild, crazy, death-filled, doom-filled, no way out, not enough thoughts. You and I, we have to capture them. Make them captives. Shut up. Stop talking. Man, I wish I could tape my soul's mouth shut with duct tape some days. How about you? Stop talking. But you just can't go into silence. No, you have to replace that with the life-giving words of God. That's how you win the war. And meditating on the Word of God and speaking the Word of God, those are your weapons. Those are your weapons. You're like, that's it? Oh, don't discount them. The Scripture says these weapons are mighty through God. They're mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, imaginations, and every high thing that asserts itself against the knowledge of God. 
that knowledge of God resides in your spirit. It comes to your spirit. It reinvigorates your spirit. And when your spirit is alive and well, it will breathe life into your soul. Your mind will get a rest. Your emotions won't be all over the place. You'll make better decisions. Your body will get healthier. Your five physical senses won't rule and dominate you. You'll live as that whole person that God intended you to live like. Amen. Would you stand on your feet with me, please? So that brings us right to Jesus. Because it all starts with him. He's in the middle. He holds it all together. And he'll be right there. He's the Alpha, the Omega. If you, you and I, every person in the world wants to live whole. Whole. And Jesus is the way, the truth, the life, the path to wholeness. So this morning, if you've never said, yep, I believe Jesus is who he said he is. I want you. I understand. I understand very little, but this I believe. You are Lord. If you're there and you want to say that to God this morning, in an instant, your spirit will be quickened and made alive to God. And you start this magnificent journey. If that's you, raise your hand and wave it at me really high, really strong, really strong. I see a few hands. And then there's other, others of us. We've already done that, but man, our, we're being led around every day by our soul and our body, barely consulting the spirit. And we want to change that. Man, I, 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 I can see this. If I want to live in wholeness the way God intended, I have to get my spirit strong. My, my strong spirit connected to God, hearing the words of God, being enlivened and invigorated by the living God, the Spirit of God. And then the Holy Spirit can help lead my life and help me every day. I, I want I want to go, I want to get there. If that's who you are, raise your hand. Wave it at me really high. That should be every single person in here. Come on. Come on, raise up your hand. Do something. Tell your body. Come on, your body's like, no, you ain't gonna raise your hand. No, I'm not raising my hand. Your soul. That that woman, she ain't telling me what to do. Ain't no woman ever telling me what to do. I'm American and I ain't nobody ever telling me what to do. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. God, you see us. God, we need help. I hope you're laughing on the throne right now, Jesus. I hope you know. Lord, you know better than we know. We need your help. Would you pray this with me? Dear God, thank you for saving us. Thank you for your plan to give us our whole life back. Thank you for sacrificing Jesus so we can live fully, completely, wholly for all eternity. God, I pray that you receive me as your child 
your new creation because of Christ. I say yes, and I will follow you all the days of my life. Amen. 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 Amen, church. If you just prayed that prayer for the first time here in this room or online, we want to know that. We're not going to bombard you with a bunch of stuff. We just want to celebrate with you. It's a brand new day. It's your new birthday. And it's it's a new beginning. We want to know your name. We want to celebrate with you. We want to be able to pray for you. And it would be our greatest pleasure if you would let us walk this out. If you would walk it out with us and let us walk it out with you. So Pastor Marshall, Pastor David, Jordan, and I, we're going to be here at the front. If you want to come down, tell us you prayed that prayer or you're, you're, you're determined to get back to living life as a whole person led by your spirit or if there's anything we can pray with you about. If you're online, let us know. We're serious about it. We're serious about you because God is serious about you. You matter. You matter. Your life matters. It counts.